Welcome to the Gem Revealed podcast, where together we discover your soulmate. This is a weekly series of powerful conversations with expert speakers, thought leaders, and relationship coaches talking through the victories and villains that weave their way into our most significant relationships. Please join me, Janine Moniz, founder of Gem Revealed Matchmaking, to learn the raw truth regarding the pitfalls and plateaus of dating in today's society. We will have open and transparent conversations surrounding the staggering facts that one out of every two marriages fail. Let's stop this insanity and learn how to date smarter. Learn how a healthy relationship starts with you. What do you need to do differently to build the right foundation for your relationship? Hello, Gem Revealed listeners. It's so great to have you back for another episode of Gem Revealed, Self-Mastery to Soulmate. And like always, my commitment to you is to bring you really incredible, valuable information that can not only transform your relationship, but your life. And I'm going to do that again today with an incredible guest that I have on. Her name is Donna Kashjian. And she's this, uh, the founder, CEO of Vibrant Living. And she's got quite a story to share with us today. We're going to be talking about what it means to turn our baggage into luggage that we can make sure that we unpack it and live the life that we were really meant to have. So I am so grateful and so honored to have Donna on the air today with us. Donna, how are you? How are you doing today? I am doing absolutely fabulous. Ah, I love it. Imagine that. Imagine immediately if everybody said, I am doing absolutely fabulous today. Great to have it you. It would on. change everything. It would. <laughs> it would, but so many of us are getting bogged down by all of our baggage. Absolutely. <laughs> our baggage is heavy, Donna. It is. Tell, it us, is. tell us more. Tell us a little bit about yourself. And then we'd love to dive into the topic. Tell us a little bit about Donna. Well, I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I, in November, will have been married 37 years. All right, right there, we need to clap a little bit because not many people are making it to 37 years. And I have three children and two girls and a boy that are all married, and I have eight grandchildren, and they all live within 15, 20 minutes of me. So that is a huge blessing, and those are my favorite things in the world. With that beautiful introduction, how are we turning our baggage into um, luggage that we can really just enjoy? Wouldn't we love to step into a magician's magic booth and walk out and it all be done? Um, and so we love the quick kind of uh, situations, but turning your baggage is a process. Um, I like to call it a journey. To me, that sounds a lot more exciting than a process. Nobody wants to be worked on. So learning it that it can be a journey to be able to live vibrantly. Um, and I think I'll start with, I have a lot of stories, but I think I'll start with the story that made me step into starting Vibrant Living and living at a new level of vibrancy, I didn't know possible. Does that sound like a good place to start? I already love that because I'm sitting <laughs> on the edge of my seat going, okay, how this happened? What is vibrant living and how did it start? I um, 
had my children pretty much raised and they were all, you know, flourishing. My husband and I had a couple businesses, but there was always a component, a part of me that loved to help, um, help people to be able to overcome adversities. I had been coaching, mentoring in my church, discipling um, for over 20 years. And so there was this desire to do something more with that. And so I took a job at a nonprofit thinking that that was going to be the way that I would be able to do those kinds of things. Um, I guess, you know, by me saying thinking that it didn't turn out like I thought, <laughs> have you ever put all of your eggs in one basket and then the basket breaks and all the eggs are all over the ground? Yes. Well, it was one of those things. I thought this was going to be it. I was so excited. I worked there for two years. So it wasn't like just a little bit of time and management changed and I was let go. And it was one of those events where you remember the date, the time, what the weather was like, kind of what you were wearing. It was one of those kind of moments. It's like frozen for me. And I was really shocked how devastated I was as I tried to pick myself up off the ground. What am I going to do now? So can I, can I jump in and ask a clarifying question? You may. So I think many people can, you know, relate to those moments in times where it's just, it's traumatic. There's a traumatic event and it's locked in your brain and you relive it a thousand times. But just so the story really, you know, we're holding on and we're, we're embedded up here. Was this going great? Like these two years you were loving life, doing what you It was going to do great was for a few years. And then it was the change of management. Correct. And Broomhilda came in and took over, I'm assuming. Okay. Pretty, pretty much in my estimation, as far as the way we were working together, um, it was, it, it was going great. Um, it wasn't everything I thought it would be, but it had the potential. Um, and so I was, I was super stoked, didn't want to leave. And, um, but I could not continue to work in that environment. It just wasn't an environment I could continue to work in. So anyway, I, it was um, the March 31st. It was in Michigan doing that sideways rain where it's kind of freezing rain. It's not really spring rain. It's in a, and it matched my face um, as I left the place and did not know what I was going to do and got help got support, did a lot of prayer and so through this was that process. Emotional. It was an emotional. Yes. Absolutely. And through that process, Vibrant Living International was born. Um, and it was, it was over a few, a period of a year or so that that took place. So through that, then I went I lost a job. I didn't really have the finances to do it, but my husband and I said yes. And I went back to school and I got my coaching certification. Um, well, I had now have three, but I learned how to do what I was naturally gifted at even better. And as I did that, I have, um, I had an idea how to move through our baggage into luggage but I've created this system that works every time. And I wanted to share some of the tools with you today. I want to hear them. So we have a systematic approach yes. on how we turn our baggage into luggage. Into luggage. Luggage yes. that's going to take us to the places that we want to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the first one I call my understanding superpower. 
And that is the developing an understanding that allows space to see that there could be benefits or growth that can come from everything that's happened to us. Some of the events, that's really hard. It feels like, how could this ever be good for me? Um, and I asked that about losing the job and other things that have happened to me. Baggage thinking is, is why did this happen? This isn't fair. This isn't right. This isn't just. Um, somebody needs to pay. <laughs> All of those things. So, so what I hear you saying, and just so I can repeat it back to you, that first step is just trying to find the good in anything bad that's happened. Is that is that? It's beginning to fair? search for. It's beginning to search for a gift. It's so search for the gift. For, for yeah. our listeners, I might even say so. If you've been divorced, if you've been rejected, if right. you've been Absolutely. if you've been hurt, if if a relationship has really not been everything that you want it to be, instead of feeling victim and carrying the baggage, what you're saying is, what is the good in it? Find the gift. Begin find, to find the gift in it. Okay. Yes. Um, when we think in the baggage kind of thinking, why this happened, the this is wrong. They were they were mean they you know the situation in my work is was a relationship i've been there for two years and you know it didn't turn out the way i thought luggage thinking as a reverse is i can't change it i can't change the past but i am going to be determined to use it to grow and become a better me and perhaps help others along the way so Things like this that happen to us actually become a part of us. And I call them gifts wrapped in sandpaper. <laughs> yeah, that's, a great little, that's a great little tagline right there. So in that situation, instead of feeling like the victim where this poor, you know, this woman comes in and you feel victimized, instead you're saying, okay, what have I learned over the last two years that I could take with me and then prosper from here and Absolutely. use that energy to find that next the next great place. Yep. I have four steps to help build our understanding superpower. Number one I mentioned is search for the gift. Number two is whenever we're in those kind of situations, I imagine that you're looking at your feet. It's like you're looking down, you're sad, you're not, you know, it's, it's, it feels like this is forever. Um, and so number two is keep a bigger picture framework in mind lift up your head and go i'm getting through this look past it as opposed to staying in it that's number two so number let, let me just I, I always have to unlock everything so i bring it closer and okay so instead of staring at the bad relationship instead of uh you know feeling like the victim the first we're gonna we're gonna do is find the gift in it and the next is instead of thinking about it and rolling it over and over and over and over again in your mind and you go to sleep at night, night, you think about it, you wake up and go, should it, was it me? Did it, was it me? Am I at fault? Is he at fault? Somebody has to pay. Instead of that thinking, you make yourself start thinking about what it would be like to be in a healthy relationship. What does it feel like to be in a, in a healthy relationship? What is, what does it look like on my body? What does it look like for my physiology? What would it do for my family? But you're focusing on tangible things that the future will bring you. Absolutely. You're Did looking I get that right? Future. You got that right. Okay. And number one is a search for the gift. A lot of times you can't find it right away. 
It's just looking for it brings you to that bigger picture where you're looking down the road that this isn't a forever thing. Oh, and if I'd have said, if I'd have said this, then it would have been better. And he would have said that. And I would, you know, and it's like, we do all of that kind of stuff. And it keeps us in that moment. It keeps us in the, the pain. It really does. Like a victim. It keeps us in the pain. Number two or number three is developing compassion for others and other people's shoes. And if all else fails, forgive. Forgiveness sets us free, not them. Um, I do a lot of conversation around forgiveness because when our emotions have really been hurt, it's a struggle. But that's number three. And number four for this so can one. We, can we stay at that? Can we stay at three? <laughs> So three, forgiveness is just, that's a topic. That's a podcast in and of itself. It is a podcast in and of itself. But I guess that I wanted to really step back into is how many of us have an ex, male or female, doesn't matter. And all we want to do is blame them. And they might not have been a good person. But to your point, the more that we're blaming them, looking at them, it's taken all our anger. It's taken all of, of our energy and using that instead of freeing ourselves and Absolutely. letting it all go. And I, it's just such a hard, hard concept for most people to wrap their head around that I need to forgive. And I, I probably would want to just say this, just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean that you bring them back into your life the same way. It doesn't mean that you've become a walking mat. It just means that you're free from any anger. The other thing that, and I do, um, I have done a whole episode on forgiveness and walking people through what forgiveness really is. Um, forgiveness is not feelings. It's a decision. So your emotions can still be pissed, angry, hurt, whatever. And forgiveness is not an emotion. Forgiveness is a decision. That's, that's key, right? What you it just said right there, key. that was the price of admission right there. It is just like love. It's a choice. It is a choice, choice. every day. Really, a what a great point. And I think, um, you know, you've mentioned in our previous conversations, you're a faith-based woman, um, as I am as well. Um, so for people who are subscribing to that and, and a faith-based mentality is it's not really a suggestion to forgive. <laughs> like, no. It's an absolute command to forgive because God forgives us for all the crazy things we do. Yes. And we really do want to spend our life looking more like Christ. So forgiveness is really, it's so important. And it's, it's a lifetime learning lesson, but it certainly is the most freeing of all. The other thing forgiveness is not is trust. It doesn't mean I have to trust you because I've forgiven you for the past, for I've forgiven you for. It doesn't mean that I have to um, get all warm and fuzzy with you. I may never do that. It may not be safe for me to do that. But learning, yes, but learning that forgiveness is um, not trust, that forgiveness is not an emotion. And forget every time I say blame thoughts and meditate and think on those kind of things, I'm building myself in a prison. And I'm the I'm it, another way I say it is forgiveness is is drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. It hurts us, not them. 
I hope people are writing some of these things down <laughs> because if you are struggling, especially in a newer um, breakup or a newer yes. pain, you're going to have to meditate on this stuff every day. So something like this is so important and you're just articulating it so well, just so well. But I love that. I'm drinking the poison and hoping that the other person really feels the effect. Yes. Wow. And here's the saddest part. So I hope people are listening. They're not waking up feeling sad. No, especially if it's an abusive situation, they're happy if you're miserable, you know, and, you know, don't give them the benefit of the doubt. Move on. It's like, and these are some steps to do that. And another thought that, you know, really motivates me is this isn't a dress rehearsal. I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. So why would I want to waste today using energy on that when I have to move forward, right? And then really find the gift in it and move forward with a beautiful, clear vision. Right. Absolutely. All right. We're at number four. <laughs> All right. And number four was get support and help as needed. Um, we weren't meant to do this along. You listening to the podcast is you getting some support and help. So it's just one avenue, but we weren't meant to walk these journey alone. And so um, find a friend, find a podcast, find a coach, a counselor, whatever you need to do, but get some support and help. Um, it's a sign of strength to ask for help. So that's number four in that first one. I can't add any more to that, the value of really qualified help. So that would be the only if I'd added two cents into that is making sure that it is um, really qualified help. Sometimes we might go to our friends and you know other people and we share our thoughts and, and that doesn't go so well either. Some people, again, feel better about themselves when you're miserable. So you know, might not really send you into the great space. Absolutely. Or, um, you know, you really got to check the person that you're talking to. Do they have their healthy living being demonstrated or is this a person who's really digging themselves in a hole and carrying a whole lot of baggage as well making sure it's qualified help a qualified coach qualified counselor qualified friend and qualified resources so really so important, so important. i agree love it. So this is only step one yes There's this four is step parts one. to step one yes so I break everything down into four steps. So it helps you to be able to process it. The next one I talk about is building faith in myself. When we have been injured, wounded, treated poorly, faith in myself is something that um, we're already our own worst critic. So when somebody else says something that you are afraid of or fear, it just hurts even more. And so this is reflected, of course, by our self-talk. And we're very good at saying we're okay when we're not okay. <laughs> we wear a mask and we pretend and all of that kind of stuff when we're really not. Um, and learning that the way we talk to ourselves in ways we would probably never say to a friend, um, we don't call our friends stupid and a failure. <laughs> all of those things at least I hope not <laughs> true and so one of the things that we do a lot is we say um, our self-talk is reflected by what we don't want I don't want to look stupid I don't want to fail I don't want to get hurt again 
I don't want to lose. And what, what is important to notice is that you can never get a positive result by focusing on a negative. I want to say that one more time because it's kind of interesting to grasp is you can't get a positive result by focusing on a negative. I'm spending all my time trying not to get hurt. It will be difficult for me to have a healthy relationship. If I'm trying all my time not to fail, it will be hard for me to succeed and to and if I'm trying whatever it is, and your brain does not operate that way, and neither do the laws of the spirit, what you focus on gets multiplied. So that is number one. And learning how to begin to switch off your negative self-talk is first awareness and becoming aware that I'm doing it. Lisa Nichols, one of the women I follow, teaches a um, neuro linguistic programming. I have trouble with that word every time I say <laughs> Me it, too. <laughs> but she had a, I'll tell one of her clients, her name was Wendy and she had applied for an advancement at work for a, a raise and a new position. And she was really wanting it and so excited. They called her for an interview. So she was doing fabulous till the night before. And then that self-talk started and it started with what do you think you're doing? What if you, you know, you're good at the job you are, if you go to this new position, people will, you know, you might fail. They might not like you. You might not know what you're doing. You might just look stupid. You, you probably should just stay where you are and not even go to this interview. But Lisa had talked, talked to her about this. So what the deal was, is like, you had a stop button on the left side of your brain. And if you're watching the video, I'm pushing my hand on the left side of my forehead, on my temple, as if you're pushing the stop button. And then she pushed the right side of her forehead, of her head near her temple, and was as if she was playing the play button for positive. So she stopped it and then she said, I have trained for this job and been preparing years for this job. And if I don't, I get along great with people. And if I don't know something, I'll learn. This is what I was made for. I know I'm supposed to do this job. And after that, she went in and nailed it. Yeah. But we could, we can get stuck in the sabotaging ourselves. And so that is a little technique if you want to try it. I, I also, you know, I want to hold on to what you said is being aware of it, right? Yes. I think if anybody's listening right now, I hope you have a pen and paper because there's so much goodness in this, but really being aware and maybe write down you, what you already know is your, your negative self-talk and look yeah. at it and stare at it and, you know, really find what is the opposite truth in that. Absolutely. So I have four steps for this one to turn off the negative and replace it with positive. And I might add in there, your awareness, like you said, is become aware, turn off the negative, replace it. Number two, treat yourself with kindness and respect. That's really a really important one is, is be kind to yourself. Even if we made mistakes, being mean and mean to myself and degrading myself in that kind of situation will not help me move forward. So be kind, treat yourself with respect. You really do deserve it. Number three, borrow faith from others. 
get around other people that are strong. You were talking about qualified people. Well, people that are strong and lift you up. When we've had difficult relationships, sometimes those people are hard to find, but they are there. Borrow faith from those who are going to build you up and encourage you through it. And, and number four is just choose who you surround yourself with. Choose what you listen to, not just people. Choose what you feed yourself, what you read. Choose what you're doing. If you're in a vulnerable state, treat yourself that way and protect yourself as you heal and move forward. Again, I think what's really important is to just put a little more meat on the bones on this one. When you are in that vulnerable state, um, I would say protect yourself from social media, comparison. Somehow or another, many people come out thinking like, my, my life is horrible and everybody else is, is living some you know, beautiful life in right. Paris sipping martinis. And the reality is, is you're just seeing that highlight reel. We all know it because behind every door, there's obstacles, there's mountains that people Absolutely. are climbing. So to protect yourself and what you said is really take inventory of the friendships that you have. Are your friendships healthy? Take yes. a look at the people around you. That is no joke statistic that says you will be the average of the people you hang out with. Absolutely. So even if you need to, I would say, you know, go and find places to hang out. You know, make sure you're in a vibrant church. Make sure you get to a book club that's something, you know, is it a hiking club or running or what is, is it art? What is it to find groups of people that are high level thinkers that are really going to help pull you out? Absolutely. And books are another great resource because when you can't find people around you, sometimes I've struggled to find someone who is seeing growth to the level that I want to see it and is learning to put books in the picture until the people can be there is there's lots and podcasts and resources that are available, videos um, but re, but I, I agree. Comparison kills. It never brings life ever. Do you have any uh, great book recommendations more specific to, you know, the mind? Um, not off the top of my head, but I can check on resources and then perhaps we could put it in the show notes um, great, later great. on. But my yeah. mind is, is blanking on that at the moment. One that I, I love is, um, and I always recommend this one, is Joyce Meyer's Battlefield of the Mind. Yes. I just think it's just such a great book. I, I keep that book around all the time. <laughs> you can pick it up at any point and look at it and read it. It's just such a, a book of truth. That, that one's the one I would highly recommend as well. It is very good um, for you. So the last thing I wanted to share today, how long are we good on time? We are great on time. Audience, okay. are we great on time? I think okay. I'm hearing, I'm hearing the okay. applause. Keep going. Okay. The next one I wanted to share for today is called Take Action Superpower. Winston Churchill is known and famous for saying, for, for when you're going through hell, for God's sake, keep going. And uh, so many of us, something has not turned out like we thought it would. We had an idea, we had a dream, we had a plan and it didn't. And instead of camp, you know, we build a tent or build a house and camp there in the pain instead of keep moving. If you're going through a difficult time, keep your eyes up. Remember, we talked about that and look forward. Um, I, you know, when I, like I said, everything was going well in my job. 
until the new management came. And then it was, it was months that it was miserable, but we hold on. <laughs> we tenaciously hold on and like, ah, and you know, we, we stay in uncomfortable situations. We keep the peace instead of speaking what we should say, trying to avoid failure, trying to avoid a lot of things. And so remember that it's possible that we need to move forward and at least consider not staying in the hell. Um, I, I, I heard it again. I think that uh, camp there for a minute, everyone in your brain. <laughs> Are you in a place that you've maybe pitched a tent a little too long, whether it's a yep. relationship, a job, in your health? Are, is it time to pick up your bag and move forward? <laughs> move forward. And I yep. guess that one is, I'm sensitive to it because I, I think I've been guilty in there in various areas of my life. Yeah, even if the relationships ended, sometimes we stay in the loss of it all and just don't move. We don't know what to do, which brings me to a story I heard of a woman who went for a walk in a neighborhood and it was a new area she hadn't been to before and she passed a house with a really nice porch and on the porch was an elderly couple and the woman was crocheting had a cup of glass of iced tea. She was my girl. And <laughs> the guy had lemonade and was reading the paper, but in between them laid a dog. And what this woman noticed about the dog is that it was moaning. It was, you know, I have dogs. So <laughs> that and, was a very uh, good impression. Good. I'm glad it was a good impression. So, but she was on her walk. So she kept going and on her way home, she passed by the house again and the dog was still moaning. So she paused and said, excuse me, I, I know you don't know me, but I was wondering what's wrong with your dog? And the elderly woman said, um, oh, he's fine. And she goes, what, why is he crying? Why is he moaning? She said, he's laying on a nail. And she goes, what? Why is he laying on a nail? And the elderly woman said, because it hurts enough to complain, but not enough to get up and move. So my question with that story is, what's our nail? What are we complaining about? What are we griping about? What are we thinking about over and over and over in our head? But we're really not getting up and moving. We're not taking baby steps. We're not doing something to get out of our nails. And no matter what you're facing, big nails, small nails, if there is room to complain, there's a room to take an action. It might be a baby step. It might start with, what do I want this to look like? But that's my story of the dog and the nail. It's very applicable. It, it is a very in, uh, unbelievable object lesson. And I think many people are probably scratching their head right now. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, that March 31st was the worst day and the best day. And sometimes those kind of situations, we don't see it. I did not see it when I was crying, leaving that place, that it was going to be a great opportunity, but I did begin to take action. Um, so I have four steps for this one. The first is recognize when I'm on a nail and we get used to complaining about stuff. It becomes second nature and we don't really realize it. It becomes our language. It becomes our language. In fact, I would almost, I'd almost give 
everybody a little thought right now on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest, you know, how much do you complain throughout your day? You know, really take inventory. Are you a complainer or a griper? You know, you could catch yourself. Absolutely. So number one is recognize. Number two is refocus on a goal. What do you actually want this to look like? Um, what do you really want? And spend some time thinking about the bigger picture, what you want out of this. Number three is be open to other possibilities. Henry Ford said, if you say you can, or you say you can't, you're right. And so what are you going to open up that, what if I could? What if it was possible? And begin to open and explore other possibilities because just complaining will never change anything. So recognize, refocus, and be open. And keep number four is keep the highest dreams possible. Anything is possible. And impossibility is really when we believe it's impossible because man has done things. For example, the seven minute mile, everybody said it was impossible till somebody did it. Exactly. And there are all kinds of things that we've limited ourselves by saying it's impossible or complaining or whatever, but keep it, you know, the potential to work cooperating with God in our life is unlimited what we're able to do. And that's my three points for today. So that, that very last one, um, I think that's where a lot of people need some help with their limiting beliefs. Like yeah. what you just said, that's, that's the one where I would really encourage listeners to partner with getting help. Really have somebody unlock your limiting beliefs to take the seat of what you can do and make it possible. Because to your point, you know, if you're allowing yourself to say, you know, I'm too short, I'm too old, I'm not smart enough, I'm not big enough, I don't have the education, or somebody's better, or I, you're just comparing yourself, you're in this spiral and it keeps happening. And, you know, your 30s lead to your 40s and your 40s mm -hmm. lead to your 50s. And you wake up one day and you're like, how did I get here? But right. take today and really get the help that's needed to really propel you into having the, the luggage that will take you on the vacation you want. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love all these points. There's so much applicable knowledge in here, Donna. There's so much. I really hope that, um, you know, our listeners take the time to, you know, it's like you read a book, you want to get through it really quick and then go back and savor it again. So I hope mm -hmm. people go back and listen again, write down everything. There's a lot of project or morning meditations in here to really think and reflect and take action on to really begin that vibrant life. So I, I don't even know how to thank you for such incredible, I, I love action. I love really digging in and saying, okay, here's what we need. Here's how we move forward. But a lot of it, some people might not be able to do without really doing some pre-work and coaching. So um, so if, if, if people were really resonating with some of this and you know would love to get in touch with you, uh, what does that look like? Um, is there any, how do you work with, with clients? What is that a possibility? It is a possibility. And um, the two areas that I generally work is people that have had recovering from relationships that have been gone array in some form or other, and people who've had some type of painful childhood. Those are the areas that I predominantly work. 
And I do that with one-on-one coaching as well as group coaching, but it all starts with a conversation, um, a consultation call to see if we're a good fit for each other and to see how we could help. I mean, you've got a taste of what I'm like today, but I'd like to get to know you. And so you can schedule a consultation on my website and, or you can message me and then we can talk further. Excellent. Excellent. You know, Painful childhoods, that's that's a big topic. It's a really big topic. And revealed that that's not where we focus on. I know that there's so many who really can't can't move forward until they do some of that inner work of you know the past. So um, I encourage, I encourage uh, if that's speaking to somebody to you know take that step today in moving forward. Um, and in the last thought. Is there any one step, one thing that you would share with our listeners today? Is there one thing that you would say, do this or, you know, remind yourself of this or that one thing outside of the 20 you just told us? (laughs) One one thing in closing that is, you know, the thought or the the action or um, something you'd want to share with them. Yes, I would want to say to you that you are bigger than the labels and the words that have been spoken over you that have been negative and that you were designed with a purpose and a plan and you are loved. So no matter what you are facing in your life and no matter what has been said over you, there is more for you. There is more, there is a specific plan and purpose for you and there's no one like you. So take a step and become, become the best you you can be. I don't know if I want to add into any of that, but I don't think it was for anyone else because you spoke it right to me and I received it. (laughs) I took it and it's all mine. Thank you so much. This was, uh, this was a precious, precious time. So I really applaud you and what a privilege to have you. Thank you, Janine. All right. Everyone have a wonderful rest of the day. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Gem Revealed's podcast, Discover Your Soulmate. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. We really value your opinion, so please feel free to send us your question, comments, or feedback. You can email us at info at gemrevealed.com. You can also find out more about Gem Revealed services by visiting gemrevealed.com. I'll see you next time as we discover your soulmate.